Don't yawn. We just started. Yeah, well, I'm already done. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the <laughs> episode 16 of the podcast. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Uh, welcome to episode 16 of the Too Bad We Didn't Get Into Cars podcast. My name is Nick Scarpinato. And David Kabushi Cars. This is our lovely co-host, Vanessa. Once and this again. is a Vo- Vo- Volvo. Volvo. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, my God. What? You, you, pay, you pay a man and he doesn't do his job. It is a Volvo V60. Uh, we don't know the year. It could be from 2014. It could be from 3008. All I know is that I'm 3000 and late. <laughs> and uh, I got to get on that. So we are back in the studio, but not really the studio. It, don't, it only feels like a studio because we have all three cameras again and microphones and you and we have you back so thanks for thanks for sticking around thanks for being a loyal customer and subscriber of the too bad we didn't get into pars too bad we didn't get into pars cod past too bad we didn't get into pears because they're disgusting i haven't i can't remember the last time i tried a pear when was the last time you've even even eaten a pear as a child i never eaten one since because they're nasty pears could have changed you don't know how you don't know how pears could have changed in the last you know, however long. Pears ain't no Obama. There's no change. <laughs> Just the same shit. Imagine if Obama was a pear though. <laughs> like his whole like this whole campaign was all about like that. It seems like an elaborate hoax where like Obama is not an actual. Person, but instead he's just a pair, and the social media team are the ones that made all the posters, and like he's AI generated, you know. So like, it's like Mark Zuckerberg being like a lizard. (laughs) Yeah, Obama. Barack Obama is a pair, a sentient pair. So next time you, next time you, you do a meet and greet with uh, President Barack Obama, you'll know, you'll know the secret. You'll know his true form. He's a pair. Hey, are you going to appear at this next conference? And then he grabs you by the collar of your shirt and he's like, how'd you fucking know? You keep your goddamn mouth shut. And then you're like, okay, Mr. President. Or should I call you Mr. President? And then, you know, uh, the that's, CIA. That's when you get shot. That's when the Secret Service. <laughs> yeah, there was a sniper like two buildings over and he's like, I got the shot. And then, you know, Barack Obama right before the shooter got in a position was like now uh <laughs> don't kill him uh not 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 quite yet how do you like my obama it's okay not bad not too bad thanks um i uh so i said it, it is some I, I say this phrase every once in a while where i'll end a sentence with the two words ever and long stop come on man what do you want that to be the thumbnail i'm gonna scrub through the in- mostly okay secret Trade secret. Whenever I make the thumbnails for the clips and the videos that we upload to YouTube, I only scrub through the intro. I don't scrub through the rest of the episode. So if there are any funny faces that we make in the middle of the episode, I'll never know. So because I only go through the first 10 minutes. So that's why I always try to. That's why I always try to give reaction faces in the first couple of minutes, because that makes it a lot. (laughs) 
I might actually use that for Megadeth. <laughs> I might actually, I might actually do that for. Oh God! Wait, we're spoiled talking the... Megadeth today. What? Yeah, because as of the filming of this episode, Megadeth released their latest album, "The Sick, the Dead, and the Stupid." And the dying. <laughs> no, the sick, the dying, and the dead. <laughs> Don't ask me. The dead and the sickly and the... Which then, was me, bro. I just had COVID. David just had COVID. He hasn't been to work in like two weeks. He just started I, I a don't job. actually know if I'm still employed there. Probably. I mean, you... you I So, when I was supposed to start at my newest job, because again, I quit jobs and I got another one, unsurprisingly, I had to tell my bosses, hey, I'd love to come in and train this week. However, I got COVID. So not only did I get a new job while at home, but I quit my job at the time at the bakery also at home because I had intended to go into work for my last two shifts. And then I almost got COVID. Turns out I tested negative the entire like next week and a half after uh, both my roommates and another close contact of mine told me, all in the same day that they had COVID. So go figure. Uh, I did not get, uh, end up getting COVID, which is good, I guess. But that meant that I could have not only started work sooner, but also ended my job at the other job sooner. But I digress. Uh, so you're feeling better, obviously. Yeah, I'm alive. He's alive, not testing positive anymore. But you still got that positive attitude, that trademark, David optimism. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, he's been up to that. I've been up to playing out a lot more, playing playing music a lot more live. And the fun part about that is finding out that I don't actually. I I surprised myself. My voice was never shot. Those four days in a row that I played last week, four nights in a row. And I have three more in a row shows this week. I do tonight, tomorrow morning, and then Friday night in Chicago. So it's going to be a fun couple of days. Honestly, like it, it will be a, a fun couple of days. Cause this is kind of where I wanted to get to where I'm regularly playing out. So if you want to see me play music, then follow me on social media and you'll see my schedule. At least for September. And then, you know, I plan on releasing my schedules week or month to month uh, as opposed to all, you know, 20 something shows on one like post. Because that's that sounds like way too stressful. I'm not going on tour or anything. I'm just I'm just playing at a bar for like 15 people. And that's all it is. But it's still playing. It's still gigging. Other than that, what else have we been up to? Getting packages stolen, crawl spaces flooded, and rewatching the MCU. Wow! So uh, one one out of the three. Wow! One out of those three are good. Is good. Oh boy! Yeah, man. Sorry about your package. What was the package that you got? Movie shelves. Two of right. them. Right. That's right. Movie shelves. Two of them. Like hanging shelves. Four hundred dollars. What do you mean movie shelves? Like they're just bookcases, but they're for movies. Oh, because I, I have a lot of them. Yeah, you do have a lot of movies. And we were home all week, all week, all day, and then we went out to see Spider-Man: No Way Home in theaters 
for like three hours. Yeah, the bonus. And stuff. in that time, it was delivered and stolen. Holy shit! Oh man, that must not have been a fun drive home. No, I didn't know until Tuesday, like yesterday. Oh really? Yeah, because it was. It said it was going to be delivered on Tuesday, but it was delivered on Saturday. Oh, so it got delivered early because the prick left it on the fucking garage. Mm. Tip for Amazon drivers and people who are delivering packages. FedEx. Just be better. Just, 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 just don't, just, just don't suck. Especially if you're delivering packages to an apartment complex or a condo complex or anywhere where there are multiple tenants. But even th- even so, shit can still get stolen. Like my season two part two blu-ray set of my hero academia wasn't that just delivered to the wrong address i think so but i think i think the thing was we had on our street we have two i almost said my address but we (laughs) we almost had two uh houses or we do have two houses with the same exact numbers but they're different streets so what i imagine happened because they didn't take photographic evidence when they delivered the package what i think happened was it got delivered to a different house and then fun story david and i we were with our friend josh uh a couple weeks ago after seeing the dragon Dragon ball Ball movie the new dragon ball movie which we still have to do a review for um in due time and we went to half price books on a whim thinking it's, we haven't been here in a while. It would be nice to, to shop again. And if you've never been to a half price books, just know they sell exactly what they advertise. But also they sell movies and games and things of that nature. Fun stuff. What we talk about. What we talk about. Yeah, just... You Too know. bad we never got into books. Too bad we never got into books. Otherwise, we would talk about books a lot more. So today on today's podcast, we will be discussing... The perks of being a wallflower, or what was that really shitty, uh, like ghetto book? Huh? Remember, there was like a ghetto book we read for uh, like middle school or high school. A ghetto book? Yeah, it was about a family like in the ghetto. Um, Lafayette knew we we I we uh I was reading it in the first Fidel little video. Lafayette, who was six at the time, knew only that his brother sold teas and blues. Though he, this book sucks, man. There are no children here. That's what it was. There are no children here. Yeah, you remember that book? You ever read that? I mean, I we got assigned the same book. I don't. I don't know if I ever. I don't think I ever read it. The well, point is, it was just a gag because we don't read. We don't read at all. Um, I read manga, but that's about it. So anyway, speaking of manga, so we're at the half price books near uh, my my parents' place. Where this package had allegedly been stolen a couple years ago. And we're going through the anime section where they have manga and collections of anime. And lo and fucking behold, what do I find? But season two, box two, or part two box set of My Hero Academia in its original packaging. And I'm like, there's no, there's no way. And I check the inside and I'm like, if everything is still intact, if everything is still like wrapped up. I got to get it. I got to get it. And I, d- I did not have the money at the time, but I got it. And uh, because lo and behold, 2, 
I said it again, so it gets two. Everything was in there. Everything was in there, and it was like in the original packaging. So I was like, it's fate. It it it's this is the universe punishing me for the mistake of being naive enough to think that I that bet it was the exact same copy. I I it probably was. It probably was. And that family, whoever got it, our neighbors, who I don't think I talked to and asked, Hey, did you pick up the wrong package? I don't think they opened it up. I think they were just like, what the fuck is this? And then Jesus didn't touch. Because if you're going to buy the season two, part two box set of in any anime, any show or whatever, you're going to open all that shit up on the inside, right? Or if you're a collector and you don't open it up, you're going to put it in a case or something. So whoever sold that in near mint condition, um, I guess, fuck you. Uh, but thanks for not wanting the thing that you got sent uh, incorrectly. And also, yeah. So people who are in the business of uh, delivering packages, just make sure it's to the right address and make sure it's, it's you know, not in a place that's easily stealable. Not wide fucking open, like the goddamn parking lot. You fucking moron. Yeah. I blame you. I blame you, too. Piece of shit. This should have been bonus episode stuff. I'm sorry. I got really upset right there. That's okay. I got genuinely angry. Yeah. At this fucking asshole. I mean, because that's money that you're losing out on. Yeah, $400. Yeah. And I and I had to pay another 40 for the... $30 thing that I bought a couple years ago. So overall I spent 70. So ba- basically the same thing. It's pretty much the, so it's pretty much the same thing. I just watched Lightyear and I thought, you know what? Let's talk about all the toy stories. Yeah. And well, yeah. that's five movies. Shit. Five movies. So we got to go through them rapid fire, but that's going to be topic number one is Pixar, well, specifically Toy Story franchise, plus Lightyear, because it's new and topical. Two, we're going to talk about Megadeth, because of their new upcoming, or not upcoming, but their new album that's been in the making for, what, like a year and a half, something like that? At least. At least. And then finally, to close things off, if you remember from last episode, we are talking about Pokemon yet again. Um, You know, if you, if you, if you... If you look at the new Pokemon merch I copped from Box Lunch, no free clout, but they did give me Box Lunch money. And the guy at Box Lunch today was like, you can spend it early if you want. And I said, but I didn't, I didn't see anything that I wanted until we went around to the side of the store that had all the Disney stuff. And they had a hoodie that was like cream colored and it had like the Space Rangers, like whatever, you know, like Star Command. And it, yeah. it looked like, you know, and I was about to get that today, but I was like, ah, I don't need it. And then we were walking out of the mall and I was like, fuck, we're talking about Toy Story today. It's literally the only time that that would have been until we talk about Pixar, which is going to happen eventually. And then we'll both have some Pixar merch probably. But um, why don't we, why don't we get to it? Right, why don't we just, let's just, let's just dive right in guys. You remember old YouTube? Let's just, let's just jump right in. Let's just dive right in to a box of toys it's gonna hurt so wear protective clothing toy story might might actually be my favorite animated movie of all time yeah the first toy story yeah i might be why i really like it okay i really like it you are a sad strange little man 
and you have my pity. Or what about the uh, the the scene where uh, Buzz Lightyear is like drunk on tea? Ms. Nesbitt. I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It. So first of all, it came out the same year that we did, uh, yeah. 1995, and um, you know, it was helped made partially by my uh, previous boss. Uh, Tim, um, Steve Jobs, who helped found Pixar. Um, yeah. Oh, fun fact! I didn't know that. Yeah, fun fact. And um, yeah, man, I don't know. It just it just came out at the right time he was because never your boss he was dead before you joined Apple, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. So um, by my previous boss, Tim Apple's. Uh, according to Donald Trump, he called him Tim Apple once, which I think is so funny because he's such an idiot. Idiot! Um, you moron! I've been watching a lot of New Girl, so I'm taking up a lot of Schmidt-isms. He, he talks like that. But anyway, Tim Apple, a.k.a. Tim Cook, if uh, if you bad, um, he was friends with Steve Jobs. So, like, th- uh, degrees of separation, I guess. Anyway. Uh, Toy Story. <laughs> so Toy Story follows, if you don't know, uh, a group of toys owned by a kid named Andy, who is probably one of the most terrifying computer-generated characters I've ever seen in my life, next to, to Sid, who takes a solid first place, who is also in the first Toy yeah, Story movie. It, um, it doesn't look the best, but the writing is still there. And the story is still there, too. It's a classic story. It's almost like a buddy cop movie. But it holds up as one of the finest animated films ever made. Um, to this day, even if it doesn't look the best, you have to remember at the time. That was it. Probably did look the best. Yeah, honestly. Um, and um, you know, it 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 spawned a lot of competitors through that, and in really set computer generated movies like animated movies CG into onto the path that it's on today even for like video games like it pioneered a lot of a lot of technology that is still used to this day by film companies and you know film schools for students and and video games and stuff like that so on a technical level in real life merit toy story is an accomplishment for humanity and is you know a big step for for animation but on the scale of just story-wise, character-wise, writing-wise, it still really works. I don't think the original Toy Story is going to make me cry anytime soon. It will make me laugh out loud. Um, and I am a little terrified whenever I see the scene of all of Sid's toys ganging up on him. And then I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. And then Woody turns his head around like a like an exorcist. And he's like, <laughs> play nice you know and he does that and he scares the shit out of sid um who grew up to be a garbage uh worker and he he had the garbage truck in toy story 3 that like tied all of the that's a it's a rumor that sid is the guy who at the end of toy story 3 tied lotso up to the front of his his truck oh yeah because (laughs) i think the guy in with the truck had the same like skull somewhere on his on his shirt or vest or whatever interesting anyway yeah i think tom hanks and tim allen they play those characters really really well 
and all of the supporting cast too like throughout all of these movies except for maybe Lightyear but we'll get to that in a second all of the supporting cast in the Toy Story movies they're they're also really really good like I I to this day that is the standard that I set for myself for any group setting like when I was working at Apple and we had our group meetings it kind of felt like when the toys would have meetings in Andy's room I don't know there was just a camaraderie there and you could tell that we were all in this together and yeah ham ham is really good um rex um, um played by wallace sean um s- oh my god mr s- mr potato head uh, uh slinky slinky I was like, slink so dogs um yeah bro um bo peep arlie ermy as the sergeant or the like the oh my toy soldier guys yep yeah, yeah, yeah. The only the only person you could have cast in that role, and it really made like getting to grow up with Toy Story. I don't know, man. I I think that's the thing because like because if you look at the timeline of those movies coming out, um, I mean the first one came out when we were born, so we didn't really uh no weren't really there for that. But yeah. like Toy Story two, we were around like five six, which is probably when I saw like both of those. Yeah. Um, and by the time Toy Story 3 was coming out, we were about like, to enter high school. Like it was the summer of 2010. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, growing up, giving your toys away. Yeah. And then Toy Story 4 drops, uh, around the time people are having kids. I mean, not us, but like, right. Our, you know, friends and people that we know. So it, it follows like if you were born or like lived close to early, Toy Story, mm-hmm. and by the time you get to four, like that, like it follows like you and life. Yeah, kinda. well, and that that is emblematic of the the Pixar timeline as a whole in general. Too, given that we start with really simple concepts like what if toys were alive, and then by the time the audience who grew up with Toy Story is at an older, like the movies start getting more and more intelligent as time goes on because now we're getting movies like inside out and soul where it's like what does it mean to be alive and what does it mean to like you know have feelings and learn about development and you know it's it's amazing it's crazy but we'll have to save that for our pixar talk because now we gotta go on to toy story 2 which came out not super shortly after the first one but it was toy story and then bugs life and then toy story 2 Um, yeah toy story 2 i don't remember as much because that was we were talking about it earlier today. It was it's the Pixar movie, like bar none, that I've watched the least amount of times. Like even including Bugs Life, because at least I've seen that twice. I don't know how often I've seen Toy Story two, but I remember bits and pieces. Like I remember the fight between Buzz and Zerg at the end of the movie, where they do the Luke, I am your father thing, which at the time I thought was really funny because I was like, I know that reference, but I think as an adult, if I were to see that again now, I'd be like, that's a little little on the nose isn't it you know that's that's a little like too self-referential because that implies like do they have star wars in the toy story universe do they know that that's a, an iconic line or is it you know whatever so there's a lot of a lot of questions um <laughs> aside from that they introduce like they go into like woody's story a lot more we get to meet jesse we meet um uh, bullseye we meet the um, pickaxe guy I forget forget his name. Wally, maybe? No, it's... I don't know. I don't know what it was, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And and we see all the commercials for Alice Toy Barn. Holy shit. So good. And, like, the guy... I think... 
um, uh, um, Newman from Seinfeld, Wayne Knight, I think he played the guy who ran toys Alex toy barn. L. Out, yeah, <laughs> it dresses up in the chicken suit, and then I also remember the the scene where all of the other toys have to sneak out and rescue Woody, and they hide under the traffic cones, and they're like out of Andy's room, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So overall, it's a really cool movie, and it spawned the meme of Woody walking out of his box, you know, oh, when yeah, they're all like playing around, and yeah. he like tips his hat or whatever. Yeah, Chad Woody. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I remember the least about that one. I, I also remember there was that montage of Jessie talking about her her old kid that yeah. had the song When She Loved Me, which unironically makes me, like, tear up every time I hear it. Um, or when when somebody, when somebody loved me. I don't know. And, I, like, I would rather have that over You Got a Friend in Me any day. Because the... <laughs> The first couple of notes of you got a friend of me. Some other folks might be. I th- I still think I can sing that whole song from like heart. Do it right now. Let me do it right now. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. What's the first? What's the first? Yeah, I think. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. So we came you just back. remember what your old pal said. Boy, you got a friend in me. We just came back from a break because my camera overheated. Some other folks might be a little bit stronger than I am. And he's been bigger um, and stronger too. Maybe. But none of them he's been will ever love you the sing, way I do. Singing this whole It's just me and you, boy. Time. And as the years go by. Our friendship, friendship will never die. die. And I remember that part because in Toy Story 3, uh, that's when the song fades out and you hear, friendship will never die. <laughs> and then it just, it cuts to their friendship dying because <laughs> Andy gets really old, like he gets a lot older, which segues us into Toy Story 3. Um, and uh, easily my favorite out of out of all three, I, I or all four, including Lightyear, I guess all five. Toy Story 3 is the movie that I would watch for a really long time if I needed a good cry. Like, if I just needed to cry, I'd watch Toy Story 3 because it, oh, man, it really got me. Um, so, yeah, like David was saying earlier, it, it it was the movie that made us realize that these folks at Pixar were really catering the movies that they were making to the original viewers of their first movies because there's a lot of there's a lot of references to Andy getting older and Woody having to move on from being Andy's or Andy's toy and there's also a lot of dark themes in that movie as well as one of the darkest scenes in Pixar where you think the whole gang is gonna die everyone literally everyone on the planet thought that was the end. Like in an incinerator. We thought everyone was going to die burning up in an incinerator. And they drag this scene out where they're all holding hands, accepting their fate all collectively. They're 
they go from being really really scared and then i remember like bullseye is the first one he, he starts freaking out and then woody just holds his hand out and he's like without even saying a fucking word he's like let's die together buddy and it's just the most terrifying thing <laughs> i understand i would understand if a lot of kids didn't like the third one because it was too scary and Lotso was too scary he was too mean but that's what makes it a badass movie is because like the villain is written really well and the the it's like a prison escape movie and it's like there's a lot of action to it and like the the humor is really really well written there's the one scene where they reset buzz and then he like gets (laughs) like spanish mode (laughs) (laughs) he starts dancing with jesse we love spanish buzz oh man um yeah and lotso huggins is a really good like all of the new characters they introduce all of the the actors that are playing those roles now michael keaton plays ken uh who is like a companion to barbie in this movie because obviously he is but he has this whole scene where he's going through his wardrobe and like um who else yeah they introduce um bonnie who is the new kid who ends up taking all of andy's toys at the end of the movie and that scene always makes me cry so hard because that's the end of the movie is like andy giving these toys to bonnie and then he's introducing them one by one and he's like this is jesse she's the rootness tootness whatever and then it gets to woody who andy thought he left out of the box because he was like i'm gonna take woody with me to college and then woody of course is in the bottom of the box because he's like i'm not gonna leave my friends behind and so andy's like what the fuck are you doing here and bonnie's like sheriff and she's like andy's like what how do you know who woody is because woody had you know broken out into bonnie's house earlier in the movie so she goes to grab him and then andy like gets defensive like he reverts to being a kid again and bonnie doesn't understand because she's like this is an adult that i'm talking to and then andy in that moment has a really good like he knows woody really well and he describes woody to bonnie and he's like this toy will never leave you behind and he's very thoughtful and really nice things that an average person talking about an average toy would never like they go into he goes into descriptors that are like about woody's personality and and i'm like okay you don't know him he's not a he he doesn't talk to you you know unless in the 10 years between movies woody actually did but i don't know and then andy drives away to college and then all the toys on the step get up and they you know are saying goodbye and then I think Woody says, so long, cowboy. And so that's, long, partner. So long, partner. And that's where it gets me. Yeah, Woody is like, see you, space cowboy. And yeah. <laughs> it's, a prequel. Um, it's a prequel movie series to uh, Cowboy Bebop. And then the world wanted to bitch when Toy Story 4 got announced. It's already a 25-minute um, timer, but I can set another. What should I name this one? Uh, fuck you. 25 minute fuck you timer starting now what the hell <laughs> I, can't I didn't know siri had a pair of balls on her wow Damn. i wouldn't have been, i wouldn't even G- good for you siri honestly call me out i've i've been calling you a dick ever since i got an iphone i've just been calling her names um anyway yeah uh toy story 4 drops and everyone's like, oh, it closed out so well. It closed out so well with Toy Story 3. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, Andy's story did. But right. Woody's still fucked up. 
He's yeah, like, Woody's still, bro. What? I, I don't know what to do with my life. He's still developmentally, you know, stunted. Um, so it's very much his story, and it's very much like for like parents, like yeah. I said, um, who like grew up with the other movies. Well, and by the end of it, Woody and Bo Peep, because Bo Peep is back, because Bo Peep got sold uh, in a, I think in between two and three, because I think she was Andy's little sister's toy. And I think Andy's little sister gave all of her toys away in a box, except for Barbie, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. But Bo Peep is back. She's a badass. And Woody, by the end of the movie, decides to stay with her because there's this whole, like, it's another, this theme of letting go and moving on and and finding adventure. And Woody doesn't you know he's going through the same motions that he did with andy and bo peep is like but there's more out there dude there's more to this life than than you know being a kid's toy blah 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 and uh i don't know it's a love story and then there's forky who's a fun character he's literally just a spork with googly eyes and like pipe cleaners arms and and feet uh and that's it and i think he's got like um sticky tack for his mouth it's nuts trash he's he's trash trash. yeah and sentient garbage yeah but he's awesome uh because it's basically like just a baby that (laughs) that woody has to babysit um of course we've got key and peel coming in yeah as ducky and ducky and bunny uh the standout characters in toy story 4 I remember I really liked Toy Story 4. I, I haven't watched it in a bit, but I know I know my little sister, she likes Forky. Uh she likes she likes Toy Story 4. And who knows? Who knows if we'll ever get a Toy Story 5, but you know, there's no more Woody, no more Bo Peep. I honestly don't think we need a Toy Story 5, but I said that about Toy Story 4 and we got one and I liked it. So no. who knows? Um but instead of getting a Toy Story 5, what we did get was Lightyear which I know we already talked a big chunk of Toy Story today, but with this being kind of the newest release, I want to focus on a little bit more with the rest of our like movie time because Toy St- or Lightyear is the movie that Andy saw in 1995 that inspired him to get a Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear toy. Yeah. So it raises a lot of existential questions like, like I don't know. I don't know, but, um, yeah, it's like, do toys, do toys look the exact same as like people in this universe? Like, is this just what, like, was the technology in 1995? Like, was it the same technology that we used to make this movie? Like, what is, what, 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 there are layers to this, but if you don't overthink about it, it's pretty good. It's like, it's fine. It's not super memorable. I I think I hyped up Chris Evans playing Buzz Lightyear in my head more than I probably should have because, I mean, he plays the role pretty well. Um, I think the redesign of Zerg is really cool, but the twist that... I hated that. Spoiler alert. so dumb. Yeah, so there's time travel in this movie, which obviously complicates and is kind of... Uh, cop out for whatever kind of movie you're trying to write. There's a time travel aspect to Lightyear where he's trying to figure out warp speed, and every time you try to enter warp speed, you 
move forward in time because you're moving, you know, so fast, I guess. I don't know. But um, because of that, all of his friends fucking die. Um, and he hasn't figured out how to get off that planet that all, they got marooned all on. All of his, like, one friend. He, he only talked to Hawthorne, and that was it. Well, right, yeah. But still, uh, that was kind of a sad sequence because then the last time that, like, the time before the last time he leaves to try warp speed again, by now, you know, everyone on the planet has, like, had lives and cultivated more relationships on this on this planet like Hawthorne had a wife and a kid and like grandkids and there's a scene where like he throughout this montage keeps going into her office to be like hey I'm going out again it's good to see you but I'm going out again and so you see you know Hawthorne get married to her wife and then you see like their kid graduate from like high school or college or whatever uh, you see him get married and you meet, you know, like the the kids like wife. And by the end of the movie, he or by the end of the montage, he goes into her office and it's gutted out. There's nothing nothing in there except for a desk. And then there's like a little video and it's like, hey, um, I'm in the hospital right now. Uh, and uh, if you if you're seeing this, I'm probably dead. Yeah, peace out. Yeah. But it was it was really a sweet moment because it's like this is the one friend that but like you had. And the person who, like, was holding him accountable to this promise he made about, like, we're going to get off this planet. So, the message, the central, like, character development for Lightyear, I think, is really admirable. And I and I like that a lot. Um, and the cat. Uh, Socks. Socks. I almost called him Boots. Socks is the best character in the movie. I fucking love Socks so much. Um there are some moments, like trailer moments, that are a little annoying. Like when he's like analyzing, he'll go meow 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 meow, you know, which is like it's definitely like oh, we need catchphrases for the toy that we're gonna put out. Like when you push its paw, what is it gonna say? But he was he was really cool. Taika Waititi is in this movie because of course he is. He's everywhere now, and he just plays Taika Waititi. Yeah. Um, I think Kiki Palmer played Hawthorne's granddaughter. Um, and you know, her seeing the statue of her grandma at the end of the movie was really sweet. And then the other, the other, I, fr- um, I forget what the other, the convict, the parole one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, she was funny and like her interactions with Taika Waititi were funny, but yeah, the twist in the middle or towards the end of the movie, you find out that Zerg is actually buzzed from the future from an alternate timeline where he came back from experimenting with warp speed and then he just went as far as he could with warp speed and then went to a future that had the alien technology that zerg acquired so he was like i've just been waiting for you um which doesn't really make sense because if time moves a lot i i don't know i don't know man dumb idea so really it should have just been like the um like the other commander that was trying to arrest him, you know, or, I or think, just make them just robots. I think what could have been funny is if it was the the rookie from the beginning of the movie that Buzz kept shitting all over. Oh, yeah, if it was him, I would <laughs> I would have laughed out loud. I would have been like, "What?" And then he's like, "Who's the fucking rookie now, bitch?" And then like kills Buzz. Um, I would have rather just have them just him be just a robot. Yeah. You know, we're on a different planet. It's the future. They're yeah. just robots. But, like, Buzz needed to learn a lesson, I guess. So his lesson was, like, these people already have lives, and I, I, I'm I, not 
you know, trying to like go back to a life that we were living before is only going to set us back. So why not look to the future? And so he becomes friends with the new star command. He defeats Zerg until you see a post credit scene where Zerg is still alive. I guess buzz. Um, and, uh, star command is, you know, re, Oh yeah. Then the other post credit scene with the robots still <laughs> giving the guide, which I thought was pretty amusing. Yeah. I, I like that, that robot. I forget what the robot's name was. Um, Derek. Yeah. I, I think it was Eric at first. And then like when they made him like a rebel, they just drew a D yeah. uh, and they gave him like spikes and, you know, like Mad Max uh, and Mad Max outfit. But, um, yeah, overall it was pretty good. I've seen it twice. Um, it didn't really get better the second time, but it didn't get worse. Um, so it's a very average, very average watch. So I don't know if you're a, like a really big Buzz Lightyear fan, if you really like space or like star command, then obviously, you know, you're going to find more things to enjoy about it. But if you're going into it, thinking you're getting the, the unadulterated Pixar experience, you know, you're just setting yourself up. Cause that's not what it is. Um, it's yeah. just an average sort of, you know, sort of average <laughs> Pixar movie. But uh, you know, not to end on a bummer of a of a note, the Toy Story franchise is not ruined by Lightyear. Um, you know, you can still enjoy Toy Story even if you don't like Lightyear. Next topic: Megadeth. Mega Dave. Mega Dave. So this is Megadeth's first album, and I mean, not too long. Six years. Six years. Is that when Dystopia came out? 2016 six years ago yeah holy fuck i thought it came out earlier than that anyway six years is a long time and it went by in a flash because you know we're we're adults now so that's just what happens i guess yep uh completely different band because dave elfson is a pedophile now or something something like Um, that and what happened uh super collider sucks so bad half the band quit um before dystopia yeah because huh. it was well dystopia had a uh, chris adler session drummer for uh lamb of god mm. the the guitarist kiko is still you know he was still from that one but then all the bass tracks got redone by uh a guy from a different band okay. i don't know but they got the new bassist is the guy that replaced dave when he left oh. um, the, the end game and united abominations bass player oh gotcha. whatever his name is i don't know right but it's a different band from dystopia again is okay. what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, so it's been a while since Megadeth put out music. And to be honest, I don't really have any expectation. Megadeth is, Megadeth is one of those bands that I, I don't really, I don't have expectations for anymore. I, feel I don't like, think we, we ever really got into them. No, I, I think partially because I for a really long time saw them as second fiddle to Metallica in a lot of ways. But also, I think there was just sort of an ACDification of Megadeth where everything that they put out kind of melded together. And I think I think that's the case with this album, too. Not to say that there aren't good tracks on here, but I think they're really only good if you're already a Megadeth fan. Like, I, I don't think I don't think Megadeth is putting out songs anymore trying to win people over. I think they're just doing what they do best. And the exciting part is that because they have rotating band members, it 
draws more people in. And now, you know, I'm paying attention to the drums more because the drums are kind of going hard. And, you know, you've told me Dirk that my man Dirk. Yeah. You've told me before this album even dropped that they were working with this guy and that I should be paying attention. And I have been. And the drums go crazy on, on this album. Um, I think the guitar playing is still just as thrashy as it's ever been. Um, Dave's vocals haven't really changed a whole lot. I think they're his, his voice has actually aged pretty well. I, I, I think he wasn't ever doing anything crazy in the early days. And even in, you know, even on like rust in peace or, um, or not rust in peace. That's what the album's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rust in peace. Or Peace Cells. But yeah, no, I, I I think even since Peace Cells and Rust in Peace, he's the band has continued on this trend of, you know, I don't know. In your Megadeth video, when you talk about this album, I don't know, you mentioned a couple of things that I I agree with, right? Like, what, what did you mention in that? Um, how he needs to stop doing these goddamn spoken word slash sampled bridges. Yeah. It's getting really goddamn annoying. You know? Yeah. Like, you think about, like, their greatest hits. Fucking Sweating Bullets. Yeah, reach out. Um, you know. Blood stains on my hand. Like, that whole, like, yeah. middle part, you know? Mm-hmm. Fucking the title track, Counter and Extinction. It's like, oh, every hour, thousands of species are disappearing. It's just these fucking, like, samples, and I don't I don't get, I don't understand the point of them. Yeah. I never liked any songs that do that, and he does it a lot. He does. And this album is no exception. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, it's, it's one of those signature Megadeth things, I guess, um, that kind of set them apart. It, not even that, like, I think Dave's doing it to set themselves apart i think it's just at a certain point you get stuck in a certain style of writing and i think dave's experimentation days are over same thing with metallica same thing with acdc same thing with like a lot of these artists and bands every time he tries to experiment it backfires extremely yeah in the 90s it was risk Mm -hmm. and just recently it was super collider and it both those albums are like considered their worst yeah it's like fuck it so, you know, there are certain bands that are able to pull it off, but I think it's because they consistently try to experiment. Like, the Beatles, I don't... Other than their earlier stuff, I don't think they wrote the same album twice ever. Um, yeah. You know, them, I feel like the... Like, Panic! at the Disco, at least their first couple of albums, were, like, very different genre-wise. And it didn't work at first, because it never does. People are never excited about change you know especially when it's an artist whose album you've gotten really used to liking and then their next album is like what the fuck is this but then you know 10 years later people look at pretty odd by panic at the disco and they're like this folksy record is like not bad like it 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 kind of slaps and nine in the afternoon is a really good song Um, you know how many saint anger fans there are now yeah people defending it yeah but I swear to God, if people show up and like, oh, Lulu was a good album, actually, I'll fucking Mm-mm. kill you. It's Mm-mm. not. It's trash. It is ter- objectively but, bad. Um, not to get. Uh, we got to get back to. Right. Up, so, like, I don't know. Are there any standout tracks for you? I know. Yeah. The title track was my favorite mm. easily um, because the intro is really cool. Yeah. And like the whole ending riffs. Um, yeah. Sella, Butant, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half, the mission to Mars. 
Soldier On, We'll Be Back. These are all like pretty solid songs. Right. I think my favorite is We'll Be Back. I know it's kind of a cop-out to say, but as far as songs that stood out and had my attention, um, for the most part, I was coasting along, and at least on this first listen, I was coasting along most of the album, and there weren't necessarily any standout moments for me. I know... Um, I did. I did really like the beginning of Mission to Mars, and then what was the really thrashy one that was in like double time for the first half? The one Maybe, that had the uh, life, life and hell, mm. or uh, Night Stalkers. Those two know. were the other like thrashy. They're like the first couple tricks. Yeah, I mean, I I like Night Stalkers. Um, I don't mind the Ice T part. It reminds me of like there was um just more fucking spoken word shit. Yeah, except I I would say that it's done by someone who like you know has already a history with like rhythmic things like it so like it it's it, it reminded me a lot of um uh lincoln park put out a song called um oh god it, it featured rakim which is who's like a huge influence to mike shinoda and like a big name in like that style of like rap um and that song was like six minutes and very like thrashy um as thrashy as like lincoln park could get but guilty all the same oh my god that would have killed me but um but yeah there were there were a couple of songs on there like i commend them at least for you know trying to they they were like that's probably one of the songs that like or one of the decisions that came way later was some producer was probably like dave you write a lot of these like spoken word parts uh and he's like yeah so what and then they were like well we want to get ice tea on one of them why, why don't we get like you know a rapper on one of them and then there, Dave was like, "Well, we we're gonna get someone that I know." And no, then, no, there was like an article or something how Dave why wanted Ice T on it because oh. that song is written about like army or something and Ice T was like part of that or some shit. Oh, I don't know, but um, hmm. that's why. So, what are like your favorite Megadeth songs? Tornado of Souls is my all-time favorite Megadeth song. There's just something about the riff that. Uh, gets me going uh, every time I hear it and um, other than that I liked A Tout Le Monde a lot for a while but only because I was going through a phase when I started learning guitar that I wanted to look up every band's like acoustic songs you know just to just to find some inspiration but I did like um, what's the song the album with Gears of War on it United Abominations. Yeah, there's a song on United Abominations that I really, really like. That was like towards the beginning. Washington is next. Yeah, Maybe. I think I like Washington is next. Um, I also really like P cells. I, I think I think P cells and it's again it's kind of a cop out, like a soft covers all answer to say that the popular songs are some of my favorites, but there's a reason that they're so popular. Um, I think peace cells and rust in peace are like the two most iconic albums for me. Um, they weren't back to back. Were they? No, there was so far so good. So what in between? Yeah. Um, appetite for destruction. I feel like is as iconic. That's guns and roses. <laughs> Which countdown to destruction. Countdown to Extinction? Yes. Countdown okay. to Extinction. 
Are you thinking of Symphony of Destruction, the song on it? Yes. Oh, my God. There's just so many. So I feel like Countdown to Extinction is as iconic for Megadeth as the Black Album is iconic for Metallica. It was. I. Oh, it's so tragic. But, like, in those days, Dave just wanted to beat them, yeah. Metallica, so badly. So they made uh, Countdown to Extinction, and it hit number two on the charts. Right and behind. what was number one? The fucking <laughs> Black Album. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Poor yeah. dude. Poor yeah, dude. but uh, I I mentioned this. Um, I, what about you? What What are your favorite Megadeth album or songs? Oh man, I got a bunch. Uh, I mean, on the first album we have Rattlehead, which yeah. is like their Whiplash. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so good. Um, like Wake Up the whole, like the last part of Wake Up Dead is great. Peace cells, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, The Conjuring. Oh fucking, right. Yeah, Tornado Souls, Holy Wars, Boom-ba-do-do. Take No Prisoners. Is I think is super underrated because that's all for us in peace too, right? Yeah, yeah. And then even I love fuck Endgame. I really like. Um, there's a lot on Endgame I like with yeah. um, like uh, this day we fight. How the story ends. The right to go insane despite the shitty ass bass tone. Is that the album that came? Was that their thirteenth album? No, that was thirteen. Okay, because I was wondering. I knew. I think Black Sabbath put out an album called Thirteen as they well. Did. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I was getting it confused with. But I, I remember, um, so I went to go see Megadeth years ago. I think it was like 2011, something like that, because they were about to release 13. Um, or was it Endgame? No, Endgame was like 2008 or so. 13 was like 2011 or some shit. Okay. Because I definitely, I saw them as part of uh, Mayhem Fest in Chicago or, you know, Tinley Park. And they were on the main stage. So first of all, Anthrax was playing on a smaller stage. And I didn't see them because I didn't really give a shit about Anthrax. But I thought it was cool that Anthrax and Megadeth were playing the same festival in Chicago, like, you know, where we lived. Um, And they were two of the big four. And on the main stage in the evening, they opened with Machine Head. They they had an album called Locust, I think, or something. Unto the Locust. Yeah, that was the album that came out uh, that they were promoting. And then I think it was Megadeth. Then I think it was Slipknot and then Disturbed. So it was kind of like it was there were a lot of really big bands that night. And I and I remember thinking Slipknot was cool to see because I went to go see them like the the festival with my stepdad and he is big into Slipknot. Um, and I was like, there were some songs that I recognized like from Guitar Hero 3. Um, Before I forget. Yeah, it was before I forget. Yeah, and we didn't get to stay for any of Disturbed's stuff. I think I heard a thousand hands and or a thousand fists, and then um, I wanted to stick around for uh, Stricken, and we didn't get to hear Down with the Sickness either. But that was because my mom wanted to leave early, given that parking lots after concerts get really nuts, and she yep. was not. That was the first moment in my life where I was like, "Is music not as important to my mom?" As, as it is it wasn't even that important to me when I was that age but I I really liked I really liked that concert I really liked hearing Med- Megadeth sing Countdown or Symphony of Destruction and um, they did Tornado of Souls that night I think uh, they definitely did Holy Wars um, and um, yeah it was so cool I, I haven't seen them since but I I, I would Honestly, I, I'd, I'd go see Megadeth. I've never seen them, but I'd only see them if they were touring with someone else I wanted to see, like really wanted to see. Yeah, because I don't think they're ever going to headline their own tour uh, anymore. I think, I don't know. 
I, I don't even think Dave cares about that anymore. I, I think um I think they're doing fine. And like this album is is emblematic of that. I know I used the word emblematic earlier, but I just like it and I think it makes me sound smart. Yeah. Um Yeah. But anyway, I, fucking yeah. Be sure to check out my ranking of Megadeth, which is definitely gonna be out before you see this. Honestly, um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we're gonna he's gonna rank all sixteen albums. I think it's sixteen. Goodness gracious. Yeah. But uh yeah, be be on the lookout for that and um you know, be on the lookout for more content from both of us. Because uh, we both do stuff on our channels. Him more so than I, but I'm getting back on that train. I I, I promise. But before we end, um I don't wanna speed through speed run through Pokemon, but I think at this point we probably have like seven or eight minutes. Um, not that there's much to talk about with Gen 2 anyway, because we found out before filming that it was really just the core games and then Pokemon Stadium 2, which neither of us played. Nope. But uh, we could at least talk about Gen 2, because Gen 2 is one of, if not my favorite region. Not even, you know, not... I guess the Johto region is my favorite, you know, but, like, the Gen 2 games and the remakes and any time, like, Johto is mentioned... Like in our mobile games, they just put out like a Johto expansion and they released, you know, Lugia as a as a Pokemon, which is my favorite legendary and blah, blah, blah. But but Pokemon Gold and Silver are as genuine sequels as I think any Pokemon game is going to get other than, I guess, Black 2 and White 2. But like Gold and Silver just felt so much more special because it wasn't the same region. Like, you got to explore Kanto at the end of the game. So you got to collect 16 gym badges. You got to fight the Elite Four twice. The second time they had, like, Pokemon from Johto and, you know, or from Kanto. And you get to fight the player character that you played as in the last game at the end as, like, a secret boss. It's fucking sick. And, like, the Pokedex for Gold and Silver, I think, to this day, has some of the best designed Poke... Like, Scizor... One of the coolest looking Pokemon I've ever seen. Like, I love Scizor so much. He's on my dream team. Um, they're like, Pseudo Wudo started the trend of Pokemon getting typings that don't make sense. You know, even though, like, because you look at Pseudo Wudo and you're like, that's a grass type. Yeah. They try to hit it with a fire move and then it's like, not very effective. And you're like, what the fuck? And then it uses rock throw and you're like, what the? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. And then the most recent, I think, example of that is Grappleocked. Who you look at and you're like, oh, it's a blue octopus. I found it swimming in the water. It's a water type. No, just pure fighting. Yeah. Stupidest. Oh, God, I was so pissed because I did not want to use Barrascuta in Sword and Shield. I so badly wanted to use Grappleocked as a water type. But I digress. So Gen 2 had some really underrated character Pokemon designs. Um, it had one of the most fun regions to explore, honestly. We still had HMs, which were a pain in the ass. Um, but it's got the best boss fight going up to mountain silver and there's no music. And then you talk to red and you see dot, dot, dot. Cause like, of course he doesn't say anything. And then you hear like the champion music start to play like the, bah, 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 bah. and it just gets you so hype and you're like, Oh shit. And then at this point you've only beat the elite four once. So your Pokemon are in the fifties and then you go up to Mount silver and his, I think his the first Pokemon he sends out is, um, I think it's Venus or Blastoise. And they're like in the 70s. It's like 76. And you're like, holy shit. And his Pikachu is level 81. It's like, at least I'm pretty sure it's 81. He's, his Pokemon are some of the highest leveled in any game, like period. Um, 
And so it really is like final boss, like Sephiroth and Kingdom Hearts 2 level. Like you got to grind. Like you cannot just jump back. You know, you cannot just fight red as soon as you finish beating the Elite Four once. Like this guy is going to run laughs around you because it's your player character from the last game. And it's like, well, now I have to beat myself. It's so Oh, I will never get over how cool that concept is. Never, ever. Um, but uh, yeah, gold and silver. What are your favorite Gen 2 Pokemon? Do you have any? Well, I always went with Totodile. Yeah. Never once used Chikorita. I, I've used Chikorita more times to uh, make up Actually, for that. Actually, maybe I did once. Like when I went through gold or silver on my like 3DS. Oh, yeah, Just because yeah, yeah. I've never used it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tra- Johto is a region where I... It's tough because because it was like Gen two and one, mm-hmm. I get them confused a bunch. Um, it's like who was actually like part of the new group in Gen two? Yeah, um, because I you know played Fire Red a bunch and a lot of Jota Pokemon were in Fire Red. Yeah, and I'm just I I can barely tell the two regions apart honestly. I think um, like Pokedex wise, right? I think Ampharos is a standout Pokemon from Gen 2 because it was, I think, the first, like, three-stage electric type. So it almost felt like Mareep was, like, a starter Pokemon, you know, because yeah. you've got Mareep and then Flaffy and then you had Ampharos at the end. Um, the Unknowns uh, were yeah. my, are my favorite of Gen 2. The Unknowns. I fucking love the Unknowns. Yeah, there's there's the completionists out there are going to appreciate Unknown because uh, they all do the exact same thing, but they just look different because they're different letters of the Roman alphabet. Um, I think Roman alphabet, Latin alphabet, whatever the American, you know, the American one, ABC. Um, yeah. You also had jump Luff, who I think is very underrated. It's a grass flying type and it starts out as a hopip, which I think is one of the best designed Pokemons ever. You know, it's got the, like the spiky leaves and then like it spins like a helicopter, you know? Yeah. And then jump Luff is just like fluffy. I just, I just wish, you know, it's stats were a little better. Ledian is to this day my favorite like route one bug type but its stats are garbage oh god Ledian's such a bad pokemon but i love its design so fucking much god why are you gonna give it why are you gonna give it the iron fist ability where it increases the power of punching type moves and make its attack stat like 15 why why are you gonna do that you don't give it any opportunity to increase its attack stat other than using Silver Wind and praying that it increases your stats by one level when you use it. That's if you don't use all five PP of Silver Wind because Silver Wind only has five fucking PP. Jesus, man. Crobat got introduced in Gen 2, um, legitimized the Zubat family. Um, and then, you know, every villain team, like from those games onward, used a fucking Crobat. Yeah. Um, Steelix, like it had a lot of generational evolutions that were like to like, so I, like, I cannot think of Onyx never having an evolution, you know? Um, but even like the first gym leader, Faulkner, he, his signature Pokemon is Pidgeotto. Like it's not a Johto Pokemon. Um, but uh, I think in the anime, he has a, a Noctowl. Noctowl is cool. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. The I mean, cool owl, <laughs> cool owl. Yeah. <laughs> The less cool owl. Um, and then, of course, you know, you have the legendary... I'm learning they're dog... Or they're cats. They're not dogs. They're cats. I yeah. Guess they're, like, tiger-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're... they're le- we all... Everyone call them the dogs. Yeah, the legendary dogs. Um, 
Yeah, right. That combined with the fact that it's pronounced Raiko and not Raiku is it's so heartbreaking to me. They're not dogs, and I have to call it Raiko. Absolutely not. Ugh. But yeah, Lugia. Th- those they were the first games to introduce the dual, like the dual box art legendaries, because we only had the three birds and then Mewtwo and Mew in Gen One as like rare Pokemon. Um, and then uh, in Crystal, which came out after that, introduced or I guess Yellow introduced like the third you know game of the region. But Crystal introduced uh, animations, like sprite animations. Yeah, um, and then the drop downs of the the towns you walk into. Yep. Chris. Yeah, Chris, the first uh, female protagonist of the games. And then we got to play as uh, May and Brendan in the next games. And it was just like the steps that Gold and Silver took from Red and Blue. And like, you know, after that, like the steps that Crystal took from Yellow. I don't know. It's just impressive to think about. Like, even though, like, the games as a franchise have their quality of life have been improved so much more beyond that. But that was, like, you know, an important first step for the franchise was, like, acknowledging, okay, this franchise is really popular. We got to make a sequel. And then they treated it like a sequel where they just improved a bunch of shit. Um, And they added a new region. And they added, like, a hundred-something new Pokemon. Um they were also my first Pokemon games ever. I like the ones that I owned. I the first Pokemon game I ever owned was Pokemon Silver, and I remember very vividly. I talk about this in the Pokemon retrospective that we made. What like a year ago? Two years ago? Yeah, that no one saw, but that no one saw. That we were gonna make a part three too, but you know, part one took so much work, and no one watched it. And then we put up part two, or you put up part two. Um, even less people watched it. And even less people watched I it. I put it up on my fucking birthday. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm not going to ask you, for you to donate to any shit for my birthday. Can you just watch this video? Right. No one fucking watched it. Right. All you fucking fake ass friends. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> I'm still fucking pissed about that. Yeah. Everyone. All you. Shame on you. <laughs> I will. I will. I will speak for both of us when I say that. Uh, we both love Pokemon so much, and you know how long that shit took. Yeah, it took a it took a long time to edit that one for him. And the only editing that I did was for my own segment in the first video where I talked about where I talked about my first experiences uh, with Pokemon ever. You could tell I saved my the timeline screenshots of one and two, and I tried so like much less than two because mm-hmm. it was just un- man. I don't know how people do that. Like scroll through footage, endless upon amounts of other people's footage, yeah, to find the specific thing you're looking for. It's a nightmare. Yeah, like when you're doing commentary videos and you're using footage from other things. I don't know. It's it's nuts, y'all. It's fucking nuts, y'all. But um, yeah. Anyway, I think um, I think Gen is because Silver was my first game. Um, Chikorita was technically my first starter ever because my mom started the game with me. It was like, it was the morning too. Chicky. Yeah. And she watched, she was like, oh, you get to pick a starter Pokemon. That's cool. Um, go with Chicky or Chikorita because it's cute. The cutest out of the three. She did not like Totodile and Cyndaquil freaked her out, I guess, because his eyes were always closed. So she was like, pick Chikorita. That one's cute. And then it gives you the option to give it a nickname, which I didn't know was a thing in Pokemon. 
and then she was like name it chicky because she is terrible with uh nicknames um she named both her 2004 and 2013 toyota camrys cammy changed one letter uh <laughs> and you know i don't know in her head it makes sense in my head i'm like that's a little contrived but um as soon as she left the room, I restarted the game and I picked Cyndaquil because I was like, that's the Pokemon I want. Typhlosion became my first level 100 Pokemon ever. Uh, Lugia was a close second. And then my sister restarted the game <laughs> and saved it. You uh, know how much I sacrificed? <laughs> it, was, it was heartbreaking for sure. But, you know, because now I can never go back to that original cartridge and, you know, look back. Not that it would even work, you know, because, like, the batteries they they get old and they dry out and stuff like that but yeah bro crystal was my second pokemon game yeah well and we'll get to your first pokemon games you know next episode yeah but, but i yeah, think crystal crystal was good like these early generations with the third game they yeah. make the other two obsolete Honestly. like there's no reason to ever actually play gold and silver yeah i mean crystals there you got yellow crystal emerald platinum yeah, and then black and white were the first ones where like yeah, that's that's when it stopped. Yeah, yeah, and then you fucking game freak. Where's know, gray? You should have made Pokemon where's, Z. Where's Pokemon Earth? Z, gun. Ah, <laughs> uh, and now and now it's gonna be like uh, uh, Scarlet, Violet, and you have like some sort of green. I don't know, but uh, Verde, Verde, Pokemon Verde. Yeah, they're like different salsas now. Um, yeah, have you ever tried violet sauce? So anyway, Pokemon Indigo. Uh. Pokemon Indigo. Yeah, we people have been like making fan games for years, and I think there's actually a Pokemon Indigo out there. I, I think so too. Um, yeah, and then Pokemon Stadium too. We never played. Um, I never had an N64. Um, I didn't even have a GameCube. So a lot of these games, I'm only gonna have short experiences with. So if you stuck around this long. Uh, we have a surprise. Um, we went to FYE today, and the last time that we did this on air, I can't remember which one you specifically picked out, but I remember the last time we did this on screen, on camera, um, we were opening Cowboy Bebop uh, keychains, and this time they are horror icon keychains. So it's like, um, you know, you got uh, like movie posters and like horror icons and i think yeah this one unlike the bebop one i wouldn't i would not be like i like all of them yeah so we got a choice between what's the kid's name in the shining i mean if i get pennywise i'm gonna be kind of upset yeah pennywise freddy krueger jason Voorhees, annabelle yeah danny and then uh reagan but even like the posters are really cool looking they're like mini posters yeah and they have two exclusive ones so let's open these up really quick while your um your camera's still alive um i just rewatched uh the conjurings which none of these have anything to do with conjuring which kind of sucks yeah. oh no annabelle's there never mind oh never the fuck mind annabelle's there that's right annabelle creation specifically so that's the only good annabelle movie annabelle creation freaked me out like there was that whole scene during the day where the main girl gets pulled into a little house. Yeah. All right. What did we get? Hey, I got Annabelle. All right. And I got uh, the Shining poster uh, with the two twins that says uh, Red Rum. So, um, 
You know what? I'll I wanted Jason would have been my go-to. Yeah. If I could choose. But you know what? Conjuring 2 is my favorite horror movie ever. Whoa. And Annabelle is in that movie, so I will take that. All right. And with that, we are uh signing off. I think I think it's about time we uh we got out of here. So, um happy uh beginning of fall, the best season in the entire year. Uh, Cause both of our birthdays are in the fall and Halloween and horror movie marathons um, and Pokemon comes out every fall. So, yep. uh, and a Marvel movie this, this, this year it's uh, Wakanda forever. So, which is, uh, you know, I feel like going to be like really good. Like, you know, we've had a lot of like middle of the road movies and shows so far, but Wakanda forever. I know you're going to be great. Yeah. All right, y'all better be what, what is this? That is a, uh, we don't know. Hold on. I'm just going to, it doesn't have the year, but it's it's a Volvo V60. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could tell you what, how old it was. Anyway. Bye.